We're doing this series on how to grow your relationship with God, and I, I, I feel compelled that I need to address this. Why? I need to address, even if there's five, people in the back rolling their eyes. Oh, Chris, couldn't you talk about something more substantial? Like, with all the stuff that's going on in our world, why don't you address something that's real, that's really happening in our world? Why are you talking about growing your relationship with God? Isn't that so secondary to the problems that we have in our world? I can't think of anything more important to fix the problems in our world than to get people back connected to God. I can't think of a better thing. Now we have have artificial intelligence, we have all these things, it's just gonna keep get it's just gonna get more technical, more advanced. The the every the, the only chance that we have is to connect the human heart to God, our relationship to God. And you say, well, Chris, but isn't, I mean, I read somewhere or I went to a college and they told me, you know, religion's the cause of more wars than anything. Okay, listen. I'm not here selling shallow religion. How many know we've all had a taste of that? All right? So we'll just put that over here. I get it. I get what shallow religion does. I get the problem that it creates. In fact, that's so old That argument's so old, 2,000 years ago, Paul wrote a letter about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says, If I have the gift of of prophecy and knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I possess, if I give all I possess to the poor, all these surface religious things, If I give everything I am to the poor and I surrender my body to the flames, talk about the ultimate religious act, but have not love, I gain what? Nothing. What's he saying? It's screaming in the scriptures. We're not talking about shallow religion that doesn't have love. If you go down one layer from the shallow religion, what you're going to find You're going to find God. You're going to find love. Think about it this way. The fruit of the Spirit. How do you know the, the Spirit's working in you? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Just think about these three. I don't even have to go through the rest. Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. What if, what if that's what the world was known for? You went to your office and it was like, what, what's, what's your office like? It's like love, and joy, and peace. And people are so patient there. <laughs> could, we, could we use a little of this where you work? Could we use a little bit of this? What do we need? What we need is the, the Spirit working in our life. That's what we need. So what we need is to grow our relationship with God. Now, in case you're here and you've already figured that out, you don't need to grow. You can go in the atrium and hand out pamphlets on the way out. For the rest of us, who's got a little growing to do? I'm going to give this side one more chance. Who's got a little growing to do? You, you. So Paul said, 
Paul the Apostle. I want to know Christ, Philippians chapter 3. I want to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings. That's a, that's a line you got to meditate on for a little bit. you got to think about that. I want to know him. I want to know that resurrection power. And I want, to, I want to know the participation in suffering. Becoming like him in his death. <laughs> what if I advertised a class on how to become like Jesus in his death? Talk about the most empty class Orchard Grove ever offered. <laughs> you know, we have classes over the years, we have classes on financial freedom, and that's just packed. We had a financial freedom class. This whole entire room was packed. Do you know that? How to become like Jesus in his death. Cricket, cricket, cricket. We have to know God, not know religion to know God. There's a layer there. When you know God, you know love. When you know God, you you know joy and peace. Do you think we'd have problems in the world if people were happy? I mean, just think about it. This This sounds so simple when I teach it to you. But you know, the most profound things are actually very simple. This is going to sound so simple. What if people were just happy? Would we have problems? Let me ask it a different way. Are you an idiot when you're happy? No, you're nice. You're nice to people. You're generous. You let them go first. That's okay. What the heck? Yeah. If, joy, if people had the fruit of God's spirit, which is joy, then love would follow, and love wouldn't lead to war and this. It would just it would flow. What do we got to do? We got to connect people to God. That's the answer. That's the answer for our world. Not only the answer for our world, but you know what? That's the answer for you. You you may think that what I need is something else. What you really need is you need to connect to God. You need to grow. And by growing, you have to somehow let go of what was. All growing, ready? All growing is letting go of what was. We were at the park. I took Charlie to the park yesterday. Man, was it cold. And she's out there and it's the park. It's so, you know, a few months go by. Man, they, they grow. They grow a lot at that age. They keep changing. And then she, all the things that she used to go to in the park, she didn't want to go to anymore. She was bored with them. No, Dad, I want to go to this. I want to go to this. You do, no, no, I don't want to do, I want to do this. Meet people all the time, they're bored. They're bored in their faith. They're bored at church. They're bored because, ready? Because you're not growing. Because you've already been on that swing set. Why are you bored? You're not growing. You've got to let go. Paul said this, somehow to attain the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already attained this. Verse 12, or have already arrived at my goal, 
but I press on. If you want to grow, you got to let go. Everybody say it. If you want to grow, you got to let go. You got to let go of who you were. I was watching her climb, and I'm like, she's a different kid. I know it's not summer, but we had, you know, enough, just enough sunshine and warm to get outside. And I'm like, from last summer, she's a different kid. She's the same, but she's different. She's different. You're supposed to become different. You're supposed to become different. You're supposed to grow. You're supposed to change. That's what's supposed to happen. And what happens to a lot of people is they go to church and they learn seven facts about God and they write them down and they etch them in gold and they just hold on until Jesus comes. That's it. You're going to grow. You're going to discover. You're going to meet God in new ways. Look at the stories of Peter and Paul and how they had God etched a certain way and then they met Jesus. He blew away their box. So we got to grow in our relationship with God. That's the series, and that's why we're doing it. All right, I'm ready to start the sermon. Here we go. We, I am, I'm, I'm getting right here. Today, I would like to talk to you about growing by reading Scripture. That's what I want to talk about. That's, that's what I want to talk about. Because we talked about how to connect to God. I talked about nature. We talked about prayer. And, you know, we call them like the big three. And, I, and I'm going to get a little old school here. So I do a lot of new school, but this is old school, just scripture. When, when we did the thing on creation, we talked about that, boy, what a great way to connect to God. People didn't have scripture, but scripture, what a valuable opportunity for you to grow in your relationship with God. There's scripture. Second Timothy. Let's read a couple verses. Second Timothy. Every scripture is inspired. Everybody say inspired. All right, hold, you can take that for a minute. I'll come back to it. Scripture is inspired. Anybody here ever been inspired? Think about it, just you were inspired. You went to a, I mean, Cirque du Soleil, and you were like, Wow, or you went, to, uh, you went to a concert and it just thundered in your chest. Or you watched a, a moving story about a, sec- a mother that gave up her life for her child. You're moved. You're in- Anybody ever been inspired? Please tell me at least once. Inspired. We need to be inspired. I mean, I can instruct you all day long. I can tell you, turn left, turn right, turn this, do that. Anybody here ever try to tell your kids instructions and they weren't listening? <laughs> Welcome to pastoring, friends. Welcome to pastoring. What, you're trying to tell them and they are not listening. In fact, if they're even listening at all, they're ready. They're countering the conversation before you finish. Anybody ever had this one? They're already on top of you before you finish the sentence. I'm countering you. I'm countering you. We're going to talk about instruction in a minute. We all need instruction. But before, way, way, way before that, we need inspiration. Because inspiration means I want to. I 
want to. When you're inspired, you're like, oh. I can remember a couple times in my life, and uh, I was just totally inspired. I mean, I had, it, somehow you had energy. Did you? You left, and you're like, yes, I know it. I know what I'm going to do. I'm ready to do it. I'm going to take it on. Remember being inspired? The first thing Scripture should do is inspire you. And we need inspiration today. It means God breathed. God breathed. That's what it means. All Scripture is God breathed. Man, remember when, remember in Genesis when the dust of the ground was formed? And God did what to it? He breathed into it the breath of life. You are an inspiration. You are inspired by God. I mean, an inspiration is contagious. You ever been around an inspiring person? I mean, so badly, we need that. It's like something that challenged you and lifted you and didn't force you. No, it didn't force you. It just drew you. Lit a fire inside of you. And the scripture inspires us because it is inspired. We need more inspired people. Oh man, my heart breaks. <laughs> it just, you know what? You know, I mean, I don't know what to, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I, I, don't, I do not have it figured out because trust me, Charlie loves herself an electronic piece of equipment. All right? Five years old. Loves it. And I, what is my constant battle? All right? Only five more minutes. Only two more minutes. Only, just, it's constant. Let me tell you, just tell you something. It's just heartbreaking, though, to sit around and watch a group of teenagers all go like this. Like the joy in their face, gone. People that are sitting not talk to each other. No laughter. I'm not saying I'm going to have it figured out. I don't know. But I'm going to fight like crazy. But it's like we're sucking away the inspiration from kids. Just taking it, just draining them. You know, there's so many things you can put in your ears today in front of your eyes. There's stuff that informs you or misinforms you. There's stuff that entertains you. There's stuff that enrages you. Some of you watch stuff because you like to get all pissed off at the world. You do. Come on, let's go get pissed off. Oh, good for you. Some, some of you like to put stuff in your head that unsettles you, creates anxiety and worry in you. But we got to get inspired again. You know, you got to put something in there that jolts you on the inside. It lights a fire in there. We need to be inspired. Our world needs to be inspired. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's what fuels us. 
You remember the saying, the, the pen is mightier than the sword? You remember this? Like, Chris, well, you should be up there talking about, you know, arms races and this. Well, first of all, I don't got that kind of a pay grade. Ain't no one listening to me talk about any of that. But what would really change the thing? The words, the words, the words that people keep putting in their head and in their heart. We need better words going in our head and in our heart, better ideas. Words do change us. They change people. I'm going to go really old school. People don't read the Bible anymore. They just don't. God bless you if you do. I know a few of you. You know, like this is, this thing's old, man. It's like falling apart. Like a, a, here's Thessalonians just hanging by a thread, literally. I learned that from my grandma. Yeah, Chris, but I know a really mean person and he always quotes the Bible and he's a real meanie. So what? Just ignore him. I know fat people that go to the gym. So what? <laughs> you know, so what? <laughs> edit, edit it out. Whatever. <laughs> But I mean, I'm so tired of like these shallow, superficial answers and our, like our world's falling apart. Maybe if our Bibles w weren't falling apart, would be falling apart, then our world would not be falling apart. You know, maybe, maybe there would be something there. We're listening to the wrong stuff all the time, all the time, the wrong stuff, the wrong stuff. It's inspired and it's useful. It's useful. I think what's happened in our society is people have taken the scripture, and this is, this is the average 20 year old. I'm, if you're here and you, this isn't you and you're 20, God bless you. Let's go. But the average 20 year old, what they think of the Bible is this you know, grandma had one and it's a relic. It's a relic. It's, it's a nice sentimental piece. We should keep it around, maybe put it somewhere. No one's thinking about reading it or applying it, but keep it around, get it in a nice place. I'm getting close. For sentimental reasons. But it's not useful. You got to get on the internet to get something useful. Now think about from my grandma, God bless her, you know, just passed away. From her generation to ours, just think about it. There's some problems. There's some problems though. And one of the one of the big problems is 
we don't know it, and then the less we know it, the more unfamiliar it is and the harder it is for us to connect to it. Here's what I mean. Oh, man, there's all kinds of stuff in there. I don't know what's going on in there. So we go, I don't understand it. I don't understand. What's, okay? You remember, the Lord of the, remember when the Lord of the Rings came out? Anybody? Oh, God, I thought I'd be... No, it's okay. I'm not trying. I just thought I would relate. I don't know. Maybe. Star Wars? Star Wars? Okay. Okay, Star Wars. They're both the same to me, but... I, both the same in, like, I don't know what's going on. I, that's the truth. Like, I don't know. You'd think by now I would know Star Wars. I just don't know what's going on. So I remember when Lord of the Rings came out, and there was, like, Gandalf and Middle Earth and all these names and places and concepts. And I just sat there and went, What? And I, I watched for like five minutes and I turned it off. Anybody with me? But some people, they get into it and they're into it and they're like, oh, this is this, this. And I remember I was with the guy that had read the books. And he's like, oh, this and this and this and this. And this is just what's going on. Let me give you a practical thing about the Bible. You're going to have to spend some time learning what's going on. T I M E. You're going to have to spend some time learning what is going on in here. You have to come to the ladies' Bible study on Wednesday night. Learn what's going on in here. You know, you got to have to go to the men's study. You got to go. I mean, I, I, you just got to learn what's in there because you can't relate to it. If you know, I don't know what's going on. Who's this guy? Who's Mary? Well, there's six of them. Oh. All right. Well, let's start figuring it out. In other words, our basic ignorance of the, of the general ideas of it, and I'm not here to throw judgment on but I'm just telling you, let's start wherever you are and get to work. Start wherever you are and get to work. Hmm? Learn something. Learn a Bible story. Learn a Bible verse. Start in the Old Testament. Start in the New Testament. Like me, I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I thought, man, I think I've read this before. I didn't know it was four times the life of Jesus in a row. No one told me. It's okay. I got to read this scripture. I have to. Jesus tells a story. Oh, he's the master storyteller. He goes, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and he was scattering his seed. Some fell along the path. He goes, they would scatter it. They would have a little bag and scatter seed. Everybody, everybody knew exactly. They had seen this a thousand times. But the point of his story was where the seed fell, and some fell on a path. People had walked all the time, and it was compacted, Right? And so when that seed landed there, what did the seed do? Pretty much nothing. It goes, it fell on a path, and then it didn't go anywhere, and it didn't turn into anything, and a bird would come and eat the seed. He goes on to explain later, you know, the, 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 the path, that's people just don't understand it. I don't understand. By the way, that's why I try to do what I, I try to help people understand it. But we got we to do our own a little bit of work too. 
understand it. Just like, I I don't understand it. Okay, well, let's get to work. Let's get to work. I mean, you remember how awkward you felt at different places? Oh, the band wants me done. All right, here you go. No, they got sent. They got sent. That's not them. Don't blame them. Some hook. All right. But do you remember being uncomfortable somewhere because you didn't know? I don't know. How do you stand? How do you sit? I, or you go to a gym, and I don't know how, what is the protocol? Or you go to a club, and I don't know if I'm... You're going to be uncomfortable. It's okay. But it's useful. And here's what it's useful for. It, it's useful to instruct us, it says, to teach us, to train us. Let's put that scripture up there. We'll close with this one. Second Timothy. It's useful because sometimes you get off the path and what? You got to get back on the path. You got to correct the mistakes. So once you're inspired, now you can be directed. Are you with me? Once you want it now, okay, okay, do I go left or do I go right? Once you get inspired, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to get in shape. And you're like, is this good technique? Is this bad technique? Can you show me this? Can you show me that? I'm wanting to learn. I want to be instructed. Look at me. There are right ways to live your life, and there are wrong ways to live your life. And this can guide us. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And to, to build character. How many know we could use some character building in our world today? Oh, 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 I forgot to tell you this. I was talking about the teenagers looking at their phones, so... <laughs> So I got a big announcement next week coming for our students. It's going to be good. But I'll tell you, and you can blame me. Blame me. Email me. One of the things they're going to do when they walk in that youth room is they're going to take this little, and they're going to put it in a box. And they're not going to pick it up until it's over. So email me. Don't yell at the teacher in there. Don't yell at you. Email me. Can I ask your slides up? Nah, nah, nah. Right? That's what they're going to do. Why? Because what do they do? They go into the youth room to learn about God, to learn the scripture, and they go like this. Ready? You don't have to send them there, but if you send them there, that's what they're going to do with their phone. Never felt so good about a decision in my entire life. That one. Look, come on, be real. They respect it. I mean, you got two coaches. The one coach is like, yeah, yeah, you could be on our volleyball team and hold that there and check it between bumps. And the other coach is like, you can check that when we're done. Anybody? Give me that coach. Right? But no, we're going to take the Bible and Jesus and we're just going to melee it with Insta Who. 
I didn't get to do the message to the proper degree. I will work, I will work for next week. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. There's different levels of reading the scripture. So Jesus says, John, or Luke 10, 26. Well, what does it say? What does it say? What does it say? And how do you read it? Those are the key questions. And oh, that's so key. That's like the whole message I was trying to get to today. Everybody say how. What? What's in there? I got to that part, but how? How you read it? So I know this real narrow-minded person. They're like mean, judgmental, and they just beat me up with Bible verses. Well, they don't read it correctly. That's all I can say. What you read and how? How? Jesus said, how do you read it? And that's what I wanted to do the message on. Perhaps I'll do it next week or something. Let's do it. Let's do it. I needed two hours. Yeah, two hours. But we got to know how to read it. Got to know what's in there, and then we got to know how. Because if you, it says in there, study to show yourself approved who correctly handles the word of truth. So, so you got something powerful in your hands, and you don't handle it correctly, you can hurt some people with it rather than helping them. 